0: Why don't we just open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter sixteen, verse thirteen to nineteen? Is everyone ready? Amen. Okay, so I'll be reading from the ESV, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are Christ, the Son of the living God.
1: Woo, how you guys doing? Good. Feeling good? Wow, worship worship was was really good, especially towards the end when we were singing How He Loves. Man, I just felt like uh the Father's love really just wants to manifest in this place today. How many of you guys believe that? Say Amen. amen. Yeah, I really believe that God's going to uh yeah, as our sister Lisa as our sister Lisa prayed, he's just gonna throw out the box today. He's going to throw out the box. And for many of you, uh, today's going to be a day in which you really encounter God. I don't like to actually stand up and make, and say stuff like that, but I just feel it really on me. That uh, for many of you, maybe your Christian walk has been something that has been very normal and very, quote unquote, natural. But as the core value that I'm going to be preaching about and talking to you about today, the supernatural is what is natural. It actually says in the word that what is unseen is eternal. But what is seen is temporary. And I believe that God's wanting to bring down into this place the knowledge of what is unseen, the knowledge of what is eternal, the knowledge of the things that last and have lasting power. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for us real quick and then we're going to get into the word. Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And, Lord, I just pray in this place that the spirit of wisdom and revelation unto the knowledge of you, God, would be released. Father, I pray that eyes of hearts would be enlightened today, God. That, Lord God, we would see you for who you really are, Lord. That, Father God, we would see you for who you are, Lord God, in the spiritual, Lord God, as well as in the natural, Lord, in the supernatural and natural, God. We would truly see you, Father. And I pray, Lord, in each in each and every heart in this place, God, that you would awaken love. You would awaken hunger. God, awaken hunger in our hearts, God, for you, for all of you, Lord, in whatever way, shape or form you seek to come. May you awaken hunger in our hearts today, God. Father, we come against the thief who seeks to steal, kill and destroy. And Lord, we just pray life and life abundant to be in this place, God. That Father, I pray that your word would go out too, Lord. And as your word is going out, Father, as I preach it, Lord, that, Father, it would really move. It would move and would continue to move and it would increase in this place. Father, we want the word, Lord, not just to increase in King bar, but to increase in the knowledge of you to increase in this land. Father, so we thank you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, you guys remember I I preached last week and I preached about uh, having an Isaac or Ishmael. And then I wasn't planning on actually preaching this week. Uh, I was I was like done. I had like exams. I had all these things coming up and I wasn't planning on preaching But you know, my plans don't mean nothing to God's plans, right? And so God had kind of opened up a door and opened up an opportunity for me to preach again this again today And what he wants to talk to what we're going through today is the seventh core value All right, you guys remember the core values? You remember we were going through them? The core values was a couple weeks ago And so we have nine core values here at the church and for the past month and a half or so we've been going through them and so do you anybody remember the first core value be extravagant in worship everyone say be extravagant in worship worship. the second core value freedom is for everyone everyone. yeah we're just going to do a review class right now I just like have my pointer up there (laughs) all right the next one anybody remember the next one father the fatherless fatherless. everyone say "Father father the fatherless and then the fourth one be faithful in small things the next one the anointing flows from the top down okay so yeah our pastor john michael actually preached about that here and then the last core value we went over before was roll with, roll with the punches all right and so today the core value that we're going to go over is the supernatural is natural everyone say the supernatural is natural You know, as we were going over the core values, as the, the core leaders were coming together, we were talking about the core values for this church. One of them that came up almost first was this, that the supernatural is natural. It may not be something that we see just yet, but it's a value that we want to see here at Itaewon, at Hillside, at New Philadelphia Church. Is that something that you want? Say amen. amen. Like we want to see the supernatural be an everyday occurrence. That it's not just something that happens at the Saturday night at the retreat. It's not just something that happens at the conference. It's not just something that happens when you have a guest speaker. But that the supernatural is natural. That each and every place that we all go, not just me, not just Pastor John Michael, not just the church plant team. But each and every place that we go, we manifest the supernatural. At our workplace, at our schools, in our families, on the streets. And that we see the supernatural power of God manifest everywhere. The supernatural is natural. And see, the supernatural is something that we know about here at New Philly. You know, we, we go out on missions trips. We went on missions trips to Indonesia. If you remember the report that we had, we went, had sent out a team to West Papua in Indonesia. And they saw over 100 physical healings. You know, hallelujah, the Lord just showed up in such an amazing way. You know, we had the Niagara Conference where Pastor Benjamin and we had Sarah Yang come, and they just the power of God just showed up in such a mighty way. You know, there was a brother who who had gout. If you were there for the last night of the conference, he had gout. He was limping around the entire conference. And then at the very end of the conference, Pastor Benjamin's like, you with the gout, come up here. The Lord's going to heal you. And the Lord healed him. Before we knew it, he was running back and forth across when he could barely walk. You know, that's the supernatural. We know about the supernatural. Amen. You know, we've sent we've even we've sent teams out to we've sent teams out mission teams out to India and the Philippines. And we've seen the fire of God fall in such amazing ways. The last time we sent a team out to India and the Philippines, we saw over 80 healings, 80 physical healings. You know, if you don't believe in the supernatural, here's just a reality check for you. It's real. All right. You know, when we go out, we went out on these trips. We saw 80 physical healings. We've seen strokes healed. We've seen seen people's legs grow out. That's crazy, right? That's supernatural. And even when one trip we went to Myanmar, and we saw the fire of God. We saw God's love and passion. When I talk about the fire of God, I'm talking about the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit coming in passion and in fire, just in power. We saw this in Myanmar in such a crazy way. Like kids were just coming up, and they were coming up to the altar. All of a sudden, they're crying. They don't know why they're crying. They're just sitting there. They're crying. Before they know it, they're falling to the ground. They don't know why they're falling to the ground. Just all these things. But then afterwards, their faces were glowing. Like God had just rocked them. God had just met them in such a real and amazing way. Um, when uh, Even in Myanmar, I remember so specifically that some of these kids were getting hit. God was touching them without any of us touching them. Like they would just come up to the altar and then all of a sudden they would start falling down and we didn't know what was going on. And it was because God's supernatural power was showing up. And this is a church that believes in the supernatural. We're not a church that's going to front around and talk about the Holy Spirit in our prayer, but then not believe that the Holy Spirit is real. We're not a church that's going to say that we don't believe in the power of God because the power of God is real. The supernatural is real. I want everyone to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. And if Yas, if you could put it back up there. What this, what this passage is about and what I want to get at today in terms of the supernatural being natural is about our personal revelation as to who Jesus is. So I want to ask you a question. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say? Ask yourself that even right now. Who do I say that Jesus is? See, many of us, we we don't really have a full revelation. Well, all of us in, in a degree need a greater revelation as to who Jesus is. But many of us, we don't have a revelation of God that leads us into supernatural lifestyle. You know, we wonder why we hear about all these amazing things and we've heard about the supernatural. You just heard me talking about all these things, but it's why do I not see it in my life? And to that, I would respond with this question. Who do you say that Jesus is? In this passage, Jesus comes to that comes to the disciples in Caesarea Philippi and he walks up to him and he says, who do you say that the son of man is? Who do you say that the son of man is? Who, who do other people say that I am? And some of them, they reply to him. They're like, you know, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah. Some say some of the prophets. I was joking around at Hillside that they were just like, they were busting out a rap, you know, the Elijah, Jeremiah, you know, like they came to him and they, and they said, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're John the Baptist. But then he flips it on him. He says, wait, well, who do you say that I am? See, many of us, we don't really get who Jesus is. We think that Jesus is just a good teacher, that Jesus is just a, maybe a good prophet, that Jesus is somebody that when I'm going through something, maybe he'll give me a word that will help me and encourage me. But he doesn't have any real power to change my situation. That Jesus is a good man. He seems like a great guy. But when it comes down to it, when I'm in the thick of my situation, when I'm in the thick of what's going on in my life, Jesus doesn't have any real power. I don't experience the power of God. I don't really know about these kinds of things. He's a good teacher. He's got good things to say. But that's all. Do you know who this man Jesus is? Do you know really in your heart who this man Jesus really is? Jesus said this to them, and they responded right, and then he flips it on him, he says, "Well, who do you say that I am and then they I can imagine the disciples sitting there after after they said this, and obviously, I guess it's the wrong answer, so they're like looking at each other like. Okay, uh, who's going to go? Who's going to go? Who's going to go? You know? Like who's who's going to answer him because you know the last every time we say something wrong like, you know, he turns it around, gives us a rebuke, you know, so I don't, I don't know what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And then all of a sudden, Simon Peter jumps up and he says, "You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God." You know, this week um I found out like Pastor Christian I I Approached Pastor Christian about the opportunity to preach uh, on Tuesday, and then after I did that, immediately after that it happened, I immediately regretted doing that. I was like, like, why did I do that? Like, I totally don't know. Like, wh- what do I preach about? What do I preach about? And then throughout the entire week, God just kept hitting me with different revelations, but none of them like, like, he's just speaking to me about who Jesus is. But I couldn't ever get it, and then. And then I I go through and this this verse, this this passage comes out to me. And I I begin to say this over and over that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And before I know it, I'm like crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're the Christ. I don't even know why. You're the Christ. But see, the, the thing is, is there is so much to this right here. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. There's so much to it. And there's so much to it that when Simon Peter said it, Jesus turned to him and said, Oh, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but only my Father in heaven. See, what had hit him was a supernatural revelation right in that moment that Jesus, this man who had been walking around, doing all these amazing things, was the Christ. You know what Christ means? Christ means the anointed. Christ means that he's anointed. How many of you guys know that Jesus is anointed? You know, the vision of this church is Isaiah 61, verse 1, 2, 3, right? Verse 1 to 3. And the vision of our, that's the vision of our church. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me out to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners. And you know, Jesus, see this man, Jesus, when he showed up on the scene and the Holy Spirit, had came upon Jesus. Jesus stood before all. And he said, this word is fulfilled in your presence. I am the Christ. I am the anointed one. All power and authority rests in me. Do you know who Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? You know, Jesus was a man of miracles. You want to talk about the supernatural? How many of you guys know Jesus Jesus did miracles? Do you believe that Jesus did miracles? You know, I was I was online. I was online the other day, and I, I just typed in. I was like, you know, because I wanted to go and search all the way through the Bible and figure out, like, exactly how many miracles Jesus did. But I was like, you know, I ain't no time for that. I go, Google, uh, how many miracles did Jesus do? And then, like, it comes up, and, and like, this whole thing shows, shows me all the miracles, just point by point. And then under it, there's these comments. And one person says, none, they didn't exist. And, you know, my immediate, my immediate thing was, oh, this guy doesn't even know Jesus. He, you know, he's not, he probably do not even know Jesus. He's probably just angry. He's an atheist. <laughs> you know, I was atheist for six years before I became a Christian. So, like, I totally, like, saw eye to eye with that guy. I was like, Psh. I remember when I used to think that. Mm, he's probably just angry. But then, you know what? It just dawned on me right now as I'm preaching. Many of us are like that. We read the, we read the miracles in the Bible. We, meet, we read them in here and we don't believe them. And we don't believe that Jesus actually did it. We can say amen. We can say yes, he did. But do we really believe? Do you know who this man Jesus is? Jesus is the man who walked on water. Jesus is the man who stepped out and he saw the invalid by the pool who was feeling sorry for himself. He said, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus is the man who touched the leper and the leper became clean. Jesus was the man who opened the blind eye, opened the deaf ear. Jesus is the man. It says that Jesus, I looked it up, committed 34 miracles in the gospel. Those are the ones that are written down. But do you know that it says, I believe it's in John chapter 21, verse 25, that that, that Jesus committed so many miracles. He did so many supernatural works, so many works of healing, so many works of deliverance that they cannot write them all down. You know, if Jesus, if they wrote down all the miracles that Jesus did, it said there's not enough paper. There are not enough books in the world to, to hold all the miracles that Jesus did. Many of us don't read our Bibles now because it's too long. If we put all the miracles in there, most of y'all really wouldn't read your Bibles. Old Testament too long, man. I can't read it. <laughs> Do you know who this man Jesus is? Jesus is a man who walked every place he went. See, when it says that in John chapter 21, verse 25, it's talking about Jesus lived miracles and supernatural manifestations as a lifestyle. That's who that man Jesus is. Who is Jesus to you? Do you know that right now Jesus after he after he died and resurrected and ascended he sits in the highest place right now. You know he sits right beside the Father. Do you know that? Do you know that that he has it says that Ezekiel and Daniel and John they all got glimpses. Even David got glimpses of Jesus. And it, said, it says that, that Jesus has eyes like fire. In Revelation chapter 4, when he they, when they looked upon God, it said that his appearance is like jasper and sardius stone. That his appearance is like fire. You know what that's speaking of? That's speaking of his passion. That's speaking of his burning love and desire for human beings. For us. It says that it says in Revelation chapter four that, that flashes of light. It says that that there's a rainbow like that of an emerald. That colors just come out of his presence. They emanate from him in heaven. That light comes from him. He wears light as if it were a garment. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about his goodness. That's talking about his mercy. That's talking about how he feels about us, about his compassion. Do you know who this man Jesus is? You know, if you don't, you don't believe that that's the case here, I, I got a story for you. I'll prove it to you. We were in Myanmar. We were in Myanmar, and we were, we were in this city called Pinuin. We were up in this mountain city. We were up there, and it was at this Bible college. And God just showed up in such an amazing way. When we walked into the room at the Bible college, the kids were like this, like looking at us. Before, when we left, they were like this, you know, just praising God. Like all of them got rocked. And then after that, that's not even what I'm trying to get to. After that, we jump in this small little van and we're on our way back down to Mandalay. So we can, we can go to another city and we're going down this winding road and it's hot, it's in like the middle of the summer. All right. And, and there's three brothers that are sitting in the back. Uh, one of them, our, our brother Brady, if you know him, and then another brother, David, and then a brother, Kevin, who is right now in New York. And, uh, And he's, he's an amazing brother. And, and when I remember going down that road and I remember like all of a sudden I had my, I had my iPhone in, I had my iPods in and I was like, you know, just worshiping, trying to have my quiet time, you know, on the way back. And then all of a sudden I hear something like, like this, you know, and then I turn around and it's Kevin. And I look at Kevin, and Kevin's just like he's like crying, and he's like like he's just like it's like a I can't even put it in the words. The kind of like cry that was coming. Kind of, it was like, uh, uh, Kevin, if you hear this, you know I love you. I'm not dogging you. You know what I'm saying? And and I remember because like he was like doing this, and he, remember these three brothers are like packed into this back seat. And then I look over at at Diddy, at David, the brother right beside him, and his his face was totally like angry because it was hot and he's like shaking so he's creating more friction so he's like so upset and like so he's so upset because he's he's already sweating and so he's got this guy sweating and just shaking next to him and so like we were gonna mess with him a bit you know like don't don't judge me but we were gonna mess with him a bit because we didn't know what's going on like we just thought he was just having a good quiet time that wasn't really quiet and then all of a sudden right as we're about to mess with him pastor john michael's like no don't touch him don't do anything to him Man, come on, John Michael, you don't let us have any fun. You know? And then about like twenty, thirty minutes later almost, it was something like that, right, John Michael? It was about twenty, thirty minutes later. Lisa, you were there, and uh he he comes to, he calms down, he's like, Guys, um, I was just in heaven. I'm like, what? what? You're in heaven. What? And then he proceeds to tell us about everything that he saw. And check it out, he was up in heaven. And he said that once he got up to the throne, once he got close enough to where he could see, he he was saying that the glory and the presence of Jesus, he knew it was Jesus sitting up on the throne, was coming at him with such radiance and such power that everything was shaking. The worship was causing everything to shake as well, and he could not look up. He could not look up at him because Jesus was sitting on his throne and there was light and fire and his in the light of God, the mercies and colors of God just coming out for him. And he couldn't look at him, but he was barely able to get just enough strength to look. And he said that one look, that one little glimpse felt like a lifetime. And he said he could see him. He could see Jesus. And you know what he said? You want to know what he said? Read Revelation chapter four. He talked about the colors and the light of God just emanating from him. The light and the the mercy of God. Those colors that represent his mercy that's directed towards us. Do you know this man Jesus? You know, even when Jesus walked, it's not just in heaven though that Jesus walked around and his passion and his fire and his love just emanated from him. Even when he walked around the earth, it did. You want to know why the woman with the issue of blood, you know, mercy, kindness, love. Those are those are virtues. Those things have power. And when the woman with the issue of blood came up to Jesus, she she went through the crowd and she grabbed the hem of his garment. What does it say in the word? It says that Jesus felt virtue. He felt power leave him and she was healed. Do you know who Jesus is? This is who Jesus is. See, this revelation as to who this man Jesus is, you have to get. This isn't a Sunday school message. This isn't just for the youth group. Because, see, when you get this revelation, this is what causes the supernatural to be natural. You look, put the put 17 up there. Put the next the next part up there. When when Simon Peter came to him and he got this revelation, the spirit of God came upon him and gave him this revelation that, God, you are Christ. You are the son of the living God, the son of the living God. That means that God is eternal. That means that Jesus is eternal. He doesn't die. That means that he is everlasting. That he being the supernatural God took on the form of a servant, humbled himself. And walk the earth. And he said that. And he said that. You know what Jesus replied to him. He said blessed are you Simon Barjona. For this came for you not from man. But from God. And then he says. He says and I tell you you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys. Of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know, so, so, so much of the church for a long time thought that that was all about Peter, that the rock was all about Peter, just because his name Peter sounds like rock. But see, the real revelation, the real rock in which the church is to expand, the real rock into which you and I are supposed to step out is not just that Peter is the person who got it. We don't walk around telling people that Peter figured it out. No, the revelation is that Jesus is Christ. And that he is the son of the living God. See, all those miracles, all those things that I told you about, all these things about our God, all about Jesus being the son of the living God, being anointed, who's committed, who's done so many miracles that you cannot fathom, that cannot be written down. Do you know what Jesus said to us about those miracles? He said that when you get this revelation, when you understand that I am the Christ, I am the son of the living God. He says that he who believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And not only that, but he will go on to do even greater things. Because I am going to the father. The supernatural becomes natural through Jesus. Do you know that Christ lives in you? That when you put your belief and your hope in him and that he is Christ and the son of the living God, that Christ actually lives in you by the Holy Spirit. And all of those things, all of those things that Jesus has done, he says, you are not just to do these things. You are to do even better. He says signs and wonders will accompany those who believe. He says that you will lay your hands on the sick and they will get well. He says that in his name, you will cast out demons. That's not just for me. That's not just for John Michael. That's for you. Take it. The supernatural is meant to be natural because we understand and we get that revelation as to who Jesus is. And we understand it. See, that all that I talked about, about the power and love of God emanating from Jesus and it healing people, the same thing is meant for us because Christ lives in us. You know, I'll give you a testimony. There was a brother named Michael Kane. He's from ECF in Melbourne. He went on a missions trip with us. He, he They had an amazing time in the Philippines. He goes back home to Melbourne. Right? He's walking down the street one day. This guy's just in love with the Lord. He's walking down the street one day. He passes by a group of kids, a group of college kids just in their little group. They, they're not even like next to him. He doesn't say anything to them. He just walks by them. And all of a sudden, as he walks by them, the guys run over to him. And they're like, hey, dude, hey, what, what's, what's up with you? What's up with you? And he's like, hey, what, what, what happened? What happened? He's like, man. And then there, there was this guy on crutches in the group. He had his knee bandaged up. And as Michael walked by him, check this out. As Michael walked by him, the guy said, all of a sudden, when you walked by me, I felt this fire come upon my knee. I felt this power come upon my knee. And now the pain is gone. I'm healed. <laughs> it's Christ in you. Right. It's who Jesus is. But you got to know who Jesus is. If you think that he's just another prophet, that he's just someone who's going to give you good teaching and good morals, then the supernatural won't be natural. The natural will continue to be the same old same. When you are meant for more. Do you know who this man Jesus is? Is love sparked in you at the knowledge of who this man Jesus is? See. See he wants us he wants us he desires for us to be those hands and feet he desires for us to be the ones that step out into Itaewon and see it happen but the reason why most Christians don't is unbelief he wants to equip you with power from on high He says that you will receive power from on high and then you will be my witnesses. I want to just talk about one last thing and then I believe that God wants to, I believe that Jesus wants to encounter many of you in this place. I want everyone to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you don't have your Bible, just look, look alongside someone who's next to you. This is a famous, a famous chapter. And so many people in the body, especially those who have discounted the power of God and the supernatural ministry of Jesus. Well, they they say or they say that it was just something for a time back then. They use this passage to try and discount it. And I'm going to read it for you. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I've heard that so many times about tongues. Anyways, uh, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, they will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away when I was a child I spoke like a child I thought like a child I reasoned like a child but when I became a man I gave up childish ways for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face now I know in part then shall I know fully even as I have been fully known so now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love I read this passage it was my bible reading actually a couple days ago and uh and you like, and all of a sudden I'm reading it and the spirit of the Lord just begins to speak to me. I just, like I said, I was, just, I was just bawling all week. I don't even know why I was bawling, but all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord begins to speak to me. And you know, what he says, he says, you know, so many people, we, we look at this passage and we talk about, well, you shouldn't speak in tongues. If you're not loving people, you shouldn't prophesy if you're not doing it in love. You shouldn't shouldn't go in faith if you're not doing it in love. And we think that this passage is about our ability to love other people. But how many of you guys know that our ability to love does not bear all things? It doesn't endure all things. It doesn't hope all things. Our ability to love is frail and fragile. But you know what? God is love. God is love. Jesus is the full manifestation of the Father's love. He's the perfect manifestation of the Father and all the passion and love that is in Him. It's Jesus. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus, He's the one whose love never ends. You know, when it talks about right here, it says that when the perfect comes and the partial will pass away. You know what? When you come to someone and you bring to them a revelation of who Christ is, you don't have to say any more prophetic words. When they have an encounter of who God is, you ain't got to prophesy anymore. You don't have to speak. You don't have to do anything because they have encountered God. You know, these first verses, I've heard so many times people say, That this is a reason why I shouldn't speak in tongues. This is a reason why I shouldn't go for the supernatural. Because I don't think I could do it in love. But it's not talking about your love. It's talking about Jesus. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not Jesus, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mystery, and if I have all faith, but have not Jesus, then I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not Jesus. Well, yeah, I gain nothing. But flip that around because you have Jesus. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not Jesus, I'm a noisy gong. But what about if I do have Jesus? If I prophesy with all power and I have all faith to remove mountains, but have not Jesus. But wait, I have Jesus. So therefore, I can prophesy with prophetic powers. I can tell the mountain to go into the sea and it will go. I can walk down the street and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons because I have Jesus. Do you have Jesus? Do you know who this man is? He wants to encounter you. Not so that you're living a powerless Christianity. Well, you read your Bible and it's a good word, but nothing changes. He wants to encounter you with his fire, with his love, with his mercy. Do you know who this Jesus is? Do you want to know? Let's all bow our heads. Over at Hillside, Pastor Christian was talking about it. And, and I realized that it definitely applies here as well. So many of us, we haven't. We didn't grow up in churches where we saw the supernatural as being natural. We didn't grow up in, in churches where, where people were, were preaching to us the full gospel. Where they were presenting Jesus to us as Jesus is. Where they were giving us those opportunities to really encounter God. And many of us, we've, we've heard about the charismatic things. We've heard about the fire of God. But in us, there's been this distance. This desire to stay away. But I believe the word of the Lord for you is to come into the fire. In the book of Daniel. It says that Daniel and his three friends were thrown into the fire. And when they were thrown into the fire, they found that there was someone else there in there with them. You know who it was? It was Jesus. But those who were trying to just stand on the outside of the fire, it talks about the guards who would come up to where the furnace was. They didn't go all the way in. And you know what happened? They died. See, the fire of God is not just something that you stand on the outside and watch. God's supernatural power is... is, He doesn't want His church to be a movie theater. It's not about you coming and watching because eventually your heart will grow cold. You will begin to resent the power of God. You will begin to resent the things of God and the things of Jesus. He wants you to come into the fire. So I believe that there's there's many of you in here that, that desire more of God, that desire to encounter Jesus in the way in which John the Baptist talked about we will encounter Jesus. He said, I baptize you with water. But he who comes after me, whose sandals I am not fit to tie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's talking about Jesus. And if that's you. and you, Because experience the supernatural. Being natural. It comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because the Holy Spirit seeks to glorify the Son as the Son seeks to glorify the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to give you that revelation unto who Jesus is. It's going to empower you to live out that supernatural life. So if you want that and you feel like that's for you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Wherever you're at, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have never experienced a baptism of the Holy Spirit, And you want more of God. I want you to stand to your feet. Sucker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. John Michael, if you'll come on up to the front.